0: hi folks welcome to the gospel of kinnison this is episode 133 brought to you the week of july 15 2020 my name is your host james kinnison and welcome to my personal audio journal uh i'd like to start by thanking our patrons all of you for your support with special thanks to carrie wright and carrie bernhardt so let's get into it um I'm going to tell you one thing right now is that podcast. My life thing was hard. It was hard to do. It was, it was extremely hard, harder than I thought it was going to be. And it wasn't like it was hard to sit at a rate, you know, in front of a microphone and just talk. It was difficult to go through everything and, um, relive a lot of those moments And stuff. And, um, I, I, eh, I'm glad it's over and I hope uh, to hear some feedback on it. I honestly haven't gotten a lot of feedback on that. Uh, I think it's a three part series, maybe four part. I can't remember now for some reason, but, uh, it was, it was something else and I'm glad I'm done with it. And I can move on now. And uh, it was requested. It was requested by several listeners. And they actually started with a, you should do a draw your life. Because they were thinking about YouTube. And apparently that's something YouTubers do. I'm like, I'm not a YouTuber and I'm I'm not going to draw my life. But I will podcast my life. And that turned out to be a difficult thing to do. I don't know, I, you know, my my life, I wouldn't change anything because it, it, you know, it got me where I'm at, Uh, I I would change the depression thing, I, I could say that, although, although I feel like, you know, life is in a good place overall in spite of it, so I don't know if I would change anything, but it got me where I'm at, so... Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about uh a piece of artwork that I just completed. It only took me about a year to get it done, but I took a bunch of boards from um from from what do you call it? <laughs> Lowe's, and I took a grinder to them with a with a metal brush on there, and I grinded down the boards and what that does is that that metal wire brush eats out the soft part of the wood and leaves all the grain raised and makes it look like the boards are ancient. Uh, they're still bright and pine-looking, so they're not all the way ancient-looking, but it gives them texture. Found out about it on YouTube. And then what I did... Is I painted the whole thing. Well, I I, I took these boards and I mounted them um, on a frame of two by fours, and this Joker was about sixty inches wide and about forty inches tall, so uh, a little smaller than a sheet of plywood. Um, but I took and and took uh, black craft paint, and I watered it down quite a bit. And I just put a wash over the whole thing after I nailed these things down into a, you know, like I said, a big, big frame kind of deal. And uh, I took a projector and I projected the St. Louis skyline onto it, traced it out with pencil, and then I painted it in with black paint. And now in our living room, we have this massive piece of artwork. It weighs about 60 pounds and I mounted it up in the living room over, um, a huge wall that we had over a sofa and, uh, it's done. And my wife loves it. Absolutely loves it. And everybody that sees it loves it. And there are people in the city that have seen it and want one and they don't understand how long it took me to get this thing done. And how much depression beat me up to where I couldn't even face trying to move on to the next phase in the project, but um, they just don't understand that I could never do another one. I couldn't face it um, because it was started off as a great idea, and then and then it. it you know, and I had some energy, so I worked on it and then it got to a stopping point and depression kind of rose up. And all of a sudden it wasn't a fun thing anymore. It was a to do that was mocking me and, and shaming me all at the same time, because what it is, is it's like the easier the task is and the less capable you are of doing it, the more it, it, uh, just berates you and beats you up. Like, you know, the smallest things can seem so impossible. And then your mind says, well, you're, you're such a loser because you can't even do this small thing. It's not the big things that eat you up. It's, it's the little things. And that's what this thing represented for the better part of a year. And recently I got some energy and suddenly I don't even know how to explain it. It's just suddenly it goes from something that would seem absolutely horrible and terrible and 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 life breaking to hey just 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 take some black paint and put some water in it and brush down the whole thing and that's uh, it becomes easy. And that's why I I realize that I still deal with depression more than I think I do. My wife always says I'm harder on myself than I need to be. And it's because I expect myself to be, I I hold myself to a standard. I want to be right. I want to be normal. And so anytime I'm not, it's really, really, really hard. Cause I will, I I've said it on the podcast, my life thing. I will never accept depression as my normal. I'm not going to do it. I, I want to keep fighting it and to not accept it. And, um, to, to, to wait for better days and to believe that better days are coming. But the piece of artwork being up there in the living room is a daily reminder of how I need to chill on myself when I can't do things like that. Because it was so easy to do once the depression let up. It was such a non-issue. I mean, I knocked it out in a couple of days and then mounted it in another day which I thought was going to be a big deal, because I never know. I never know what my energy level is going to be. And to be honest, a lot of times it's zero. And so there's a lot of days where I don't do a whole lot. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate it like the devil. I hate it. I let friends down. I let my family down, I feel like. But my wife says that it's not as bad as I feel like it is. But I feel it. I feel it. it. And it feels bad. But uh, I got the artwork done, and people on Facebook said they wanted one, and um, they would have to pay me so much <laughs> to go through it again, <laughs> and the, and they would have to wait. Who knows how long? You know, um, I I I would be lying if I didn't say that I wasn't tempted to, to get into another one just to sell it, you know? Um, there's places in, in my area that sell artworks and things like that, that people do. And I could do one up and, and probably put it in the shop as a commission and, and sell it, you know, on commission, but eh. I, I it it was it was so much of a struggle that I'm not going to not going to go there again. It's not going to happen. But uh, if you'd like to see it and you're my friend on Facebook, uh just look up James Kennison and it'll it'll be on my timeline. Um and I'll I'll try to remember really hard to put a link to it uh to to a picture in the show notes on gokcast.com com, So you can see it. I'm pretty proud of it. It was easy. And that's what drove me crazy. <laughs> it should have been easy the whole time, but it was only easy for a few days at a time. So anyway, um, generally uh, life has been good lately. Um, I've missed these, kinds of recordings, just being able to sit down and talk and tell you about my life and stuff. And, um, I'm glad to be back at it. Uh, my wife is happy with me, which is always good. And, uh, she seems to love me a lot more than I deserve. And again, it goes back to me being harder on myself than I think. I, I, but I believe that my, expectation is that i will be loved based on what i produce that that my love is performance based meaning the love i receive and that is not what i've experienced at all actually not from her she loves me unconditionally it appears and, uh, so I, I find it hard to believe, you know, because I feel like there should be some strings attached. It's like, you didn't do a whole lot today. You're kind of a sucky human being. So there should be some, you know, less, uh, love, but it's not the case. She loves me a lot. And, uh, it, it's scary. I, it's a little scary. She loves me so much. No, it's it's not scary. It's just unbelievable. And I worry about her sanity, you know, that she should have, uh, she should have moved on by now, found a better dude, but uh, she's happy with me. And, and that, that helps because I'm not happy with me. As I've already said, I, I don't accept what the condition I'm in. And she hasn't either, you know, it, it's not like she... Is thrilled with with uh, depression. She hates it as much as I do, but she doesn't hate me. She hates it, and there is a difference. And and I think she's awesome for realizing that. Um. Well, some stuff that's been going on since the last time I talked to you. We went on a um, a vacation. We actually went on two two little vacations. A, a little vacation and and then a a a real vacation and the real vacation was to jekyll island florida we went up there uh or over there i i'm I'm still putting myself in florida where i was raised um and south georgia where i was raised uh we're in missouri so it's over there (laughs) and we did fly into orlando so it was still up from where we are but georgia doesn't have a lot of beaches So you have to go to the islands on the coast of Georgia to get the beach because, you know, these barrier islands and one of those islands is Jekyll Island. And we went there and spent a week in a hotel uh, that was on the beach and had a swimming pool. And Jen's family came up every single day and visited the grandparents, the, the aunts, the uncles, the cousins, you know, everybody came up. On Jen's side of the family, she has a pretty, pretty big extended family, kind of like mine, except mine, we they don't get along with each other, so <laughs> we can't get them together all at the same time. Uh, there's a little of that with Jen's side, too. Her parents are divorced, so they don't, you know, come up at the same time or whatever. But um, but the biggest thing that happened was on the last day, the last day, we weren't even going to be able to stay another day if we wanted to. Um we we lost jay jay's a grown 12-year-old kid and uh, so what had happened is they were riding bikes um jen and, and the kids and they turned in their bikes but before they did my wife took a, a extra long way and and kind of separated herself from the kids so um the kids put their bikes up and jay didn't see my wife and was concerned and got so concerned that she had fallen or something and was hurting. And, and really just got really concerned about her. And so without thinking, and without taking his phone, and without doing anything else, he just started walking the trail that she had taken. And uh and in this trail was a bike trail that was about two and a half miles long. And it led to downtown Jekyll Island and he had missed her. So she was not on that track and trail anymore. She had turned in her bike and she'd come to me expecting Jay to be with me. Uh, I was, I was napping and I get woke up and, and she says, I haven't seen him in, in a half hour or, or actually, no, that's not true. She didn't tell me how long he'd been gone. She just said, we need to find Jay. He's missing. And, and I said, you know, how, how wh- what level are we at here? You know, because I'm coming into it a little late, because uh, she had assumed he was with me. And she says, it's time to call the police. So I called 911 and everything. And uh, as we're on the phone, and I'm trying, I'm realizing how, how horrible of a phone caller I am. Because she, they're asking how long has he been missing, and I assume it's just been since I woke up. So I'm like, uh, just twenty minutes or so. So what kind of spaz parents did we come across as? It had actually been closer to forty five minutes uh, to an almost an hour, and um, you know we're we're walking around and I'm seeing all these people packing up their vehicles, and I'm worried that my son might be in one of those rooms being taken by somebody and people are driving away and I'm just subconsciously wanting to stop every truck or car that I see and, and check it out to see if my kids in there, um, because he's still takeable, you know, and, uh, Jen's freaking out. My, my daughter's freaking out. I'm on the phone with the police and I'm a terrible caller. Cause they're asking me, what's he wearing? And I didn't know because I didn't see him. Um, and and, uh, and and then my my daughter comes running up to me saying they found him. they found him. Jen found him. and uh, that's when we found out that what had happened is he had walked this trail all the way to downtown Jekyll Island two and a half miles and back, and my wife had had the brilliant idea. And I do not say that sarcastically to figure out that that might be what he might be doing. And she started to jog. She's a, she's a runner. She's very in shape. And so she started to run that route and found him coming halfway back. And he was just a mess. He was very emotional and upset, uh, because he couldn't find her and, and, um, didn't know what was going on. And so we were, super excited to find him and to get things, you know, moving again, because here we are. It's one thing to lose your kid. It's another thing to lose your kid in another state, uh, on the last day, days of your vacation. And you're supposed to leave. And it's like, what do you do? What do you do? And, and I know that's happened to people and I can't imagine what it must be like. So my heart goes out to anyone. Uh, I couldn't imagine losing a kid. Oh, permanently. But the fear is so great. But so we made it through uh, through that. And then we (laughs) we packed him in the car (laughs) and uh, emergency averted. And we continued on to uh, Ocala, Florida, where we visited my brother, David, and my sister, Leanne, and my mother, And uh, my mom kind of surprised us because she didn't have any teeth. (laughs) uh, Let me correct that. She had one tooth, one tooth when she smiled, one tooth sticking out. (laughs) And um, I didn't know about it, obviously. But I also didn't know that when she was 19, she was involved in a car accident that knocked out all of her front teeth and that she had always worn a plate, uh, you know, with these false teeth in the front. I, my whole life, my sisters knew my wife knew I didn't know. And apparently the teeth that, uh, you know, the, the bridge was connected to, uh, are gone. Now my mom's in her seventies, you know? And so, uh, She's in the process of getting new teeth <laughs> and, uh, had just gotten back from the tooth doctor, whatever you call those guys. I don't know what what's a step up from dentist or whatever. Um, but we didn't know she didn't have new teeth. And so she comes at us and she smiles real big. She has a, a huge smile, just like her son does. And, uh, it kind of scared my kids <laughs> cause they'd go running up to her and she smiles <laughs> And it didn't looked a little bit like a sea hag. Um, and I hate to say that, but that's, that was the effect is like, come here, my pretty, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, I'm so the hug that my kids gave her was kind of a, uh, uh, they, they held back a little, you know, they were a little taken aback and my, my mom's replies with that wasn't a grandma hug come here you know give me a bit a real hug so they had to you know catch themselves and and (laughs) reorient themselves to the new reality and uh and, and and get that hug on so they could get it out of the way i guess i don't know but uh yeah that was that was a lot of fun and, um, that was our vacation. That's the vacation we took this year. And, and that's kind of what you have to do. Uh, we waited, you know, for all the Corona stuff to, to, well, uh, you know, at the time, um, all the rules had lifted and, you know, restaurants were opening and things like that. Travel restrictions were lifted. And so we went to see our family and, um, Didn't do anything. You know, there's no theme parks. There's no, none of that. Uh, more recently for, uh, in because there was no 4th of July festivities, we took a tiny trip to a place called echo something. I want to say Lake, but I know that's not true. Uh, but it was, it's in the Lake of the Ozarks and we went on a float trip. And a float trip, in case you don't know, is where you get an inner tube and they drop you off at a river, a very slow flowing river with a current, you know, and then you float for like a few hours and then, uh, they pit you, you get out of the river, you know, at a certain point And then they drive you back to where they picked you up in the first place. And, uh, it was, it was exciting. You know, I I wasn't real thrilled about the trip because it was something to do and I I I always just because of the depression my initial response to anything is if it's not staying at home and doing nothing then it's it's going to be a struggle. It takes emotional energy, it takes, you know. So my wife tells me about it. I'm not a fan. But I, but I, I say, sure, we're going to do it anyway. Cause I know we're going to do it anyway. I'm not going to, you know, not go and I'm not going to, you know, ruin this idea. Cause this is in place of independence day. And I'll tell you a secret about independence day. I hate it. I I love what it stands for. I hate fireworks. Uh, And I don't hate fireworks. Really. I hate the fact that you have to go see them and that there's tons of people and that it's a pain to find a place to park. And then you have to walk and you have to be around all this chaos and the people and the stuff. And then it takes forever to leave after it's over. And it's one of my least favorite things in the world is 4th of July. And, uh, so this trip seemed easier than that. So we went to this echo, Brook or Echo Branch or I don't know, someplace in Lake of the Ozarks and stayed in the lodge at the, uh, state park and it was really nice room and that, so that was cool. And then we, uh, we did our, our float trip and it was about three hours down, down the ways. But the funny part about it is my wife had been telling me this is only an hour out. It's an hour away. It's, you know, we're just going to drive an hour away. Well, we get in the car, everything's packed up to go. I put it in my GPS and no, it's not an hour away. It's 3.5 hours away. And she's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, how did I miss that? I'm like, I don't know, but we're driving a lot farther than you said we were going to. And there was no stopping it. We already had reservations, you know, we we needed to be there. And uh, so we... (laughs) We drove the extra hours and and got there. And uh, I, I I don't think she lied to me. You know that that would be, you know, uh, one of the possibilities is she's like, you know, I'll I'll just tell James that it's only an hour away, and that way he'll be you know into it. And then at the last minute, it's three hours plus. You know, so so that'll. That'll kind of surprise him, but he, he will be in a place where he can't back out. But no, that's not what happened. <laughs> that's what, something I would pull, but not something she would pull. And uh, the the trip down the river was... I, I've been on float trips before. Uh, this one was weird because the, the road... The road... The river was twisty. And so... Your raft kind of your your inner tube wants to kind of float straight and so we kept bumping into the sides and bumping into branches and um, you know it, it's it, the the float trips I'd been on before, the rivers were relatively straight and you could just float down the center and not ever bump into anything, but we kept bumping into stuff. So what we did is since there were four of us we all kind of grabbed hands or or floats. We grabbed each other's floats and we made a mega float of all four of us. And someone on the river had seen us struggling and offered us a paddle. And it wasn't one of their paddles. They said they had found it. And uh, so we had the paddle and we had the mega float. And I was able to... uh, steer us through the worst of it and get past the, the fallen trees and the, the different places. I was actually able to get us um, up on the side cause it was a place we could stop, you know, a Sandy bank. Um, and, and just whatever, but the w- w- the water was freezing. I didn't get out of the tube. Um, my wife had to jump at one point <laughs> for her life because a branch swung down low. I got my foot caught on a branch and it was ho- and we were all holding hands and uh I swear to you the pain was so strong I thought that it had pierced into my foot and was holding on but it was just holding on to my shoe and I I let go and and was able to get free and uh I thought there would be blood for sure there wasn't it was just just sore still kind of sore uh, so I'm sure it did a number on something in there, but nothing, nothing on the skin. So that was good. So it it, it was kind of an adventure getting down the river. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure I would want to do that stretch ever again. Not in a, not in a, an inner tube anyway, maybe in a canoe or, uh, one of those big rafts, like you go whitewater rafting in you know get one of those and get all four of us on a paddle that would be good Somewhere, somewhere where you would have some control you know and maybe be able to have a cooler in there that would be nice but uh it was a good trip and we didn't have to do fourth of july uh on the actual fourth of july night though there was You know, in in every city, I think it's this way. Every city has a, a no fireworks policy and the law is, is that there's no fireworks. Well, St. Louis inner city don't care. They don't care at all. And they went nuts this year. Everybody bought tons of fireworks because there was no fireworks to be had. And so my kids got up on our garage roof and sat up there on a blanket. And with some snacks and they watched for a good two hours, the fireworks going off all over the city, all over the neighborhood. And that was pretty neat that they got to do that. Um, So I I hope you had a good 4th of July as well. Um, My son also broke his arm. He was jumping on a trampoline. He's jumping with a friend. He was doing flips. He got accidentally double bounced and he put his arms out because as he was going head first, put his arms out and one of them bent backwards and went the wrong way. Ah. <laughs> Cause he's kind of double jointed anyway. And so his arm, his elbow kind of, kind of goes out. Like when he, when he straightens his arm out, it can, it can like reverse itself a little bit and it landed like that. And he broke when he wrote, he broke his radius because uh, there's a radius and an ulna in your forearm he, he broke uh, the cap off they call it the head and the neck and he and he broke it at the neck and the head broke off and so um, he's fine now we took him to the hospital you know he had he had the, the bone set got a cast had it on for I want to say three weeks four weeks total. And uh, they took it off of him, and uh, he's he's doing good. He was a little stiff, had uh, a little range of motion problems, but uh, seems to be doing well. He's not allowed to bounce. He's not allowed to run. He's not allowed to do any manual labor with his arm yet for at least a month because uh, they said it was a very rare fracture, very rare and I'm sure it, it was rare because, you know, he like I said, he bent his arm backwards, but they kept asking me a lot of questions, Jay too. And I told my wife about it. I'm like, yeah, they just kept asking questions. She says, I bet they were testing to see if you were lying about how he got hurt. And I'm like, you know what? I bet you're right. Cause they, they were asking all kinds of questions. So how did you hurt yourself oh, on trampoline? Falling off the trampoline or on the trampoline on the trampoline, and and was it at your house or was it somebody else's house? Somebody else would ask. Oh, is that our house? It was our. Was it a circular trampoline or was it a a, a rectangle? And and uh, he's like, it's circle, and then the guy's like, yeah, I guess nobody has rectangle ones anymore. And all the different nurses and the different doctors that came in would ask different questions. And I thought it was just curiosity, but I bet because of the strangeness of the fracture and the fact that I brought him in instead of his mom, I bet they thought I'd done something to him, but I didn't. So there we go. You ain't got to worry about it when you ain't done nothing wrong. So, uh, (laughs) anyway, he's fine. And, um, it broke his arm. Now he's broken a, a bone. He had never broken one before. Jenna, of course, you might recall, broke hers twice, the same arm in the same spot. And, uh, Jay, Jay's unlikely to have a repeat of, of his incident because it was so rare. So, um, some other stuff's going on is my wife is possibly, uh, looking at a new job opportunity that's come up and I can't say where you know or anything like that, but it's local and we wouldn't have to move or anything um, and and I don't know about the money you know if it would be more money or anything. Her problem with her current job is it's just not challenging. It's uh, a very simple th- task for her to do that she does and she um, she's a little bored. Sometimes there are challenges that come up, but a large part of her job is to her, to her is not challenging and she's, uh, capable of doing a lot more than the job demands of her. And I don't know what any of that means when it comes to accounting. Uh, you know, it, it, my stupid brain, I'm like, there's not enough numbers. Uh, uh <laughs> I guess to add together or subtract, I don't know. I don't know what, what what challenging would mean. You know, is is it look like trigonometry or calculus going on in there? Or is, you know, there's not enough spreadsheets involved. Uh, I, I don't understand, but, uh, she doesn't need me to understand. I just sympathize. And uh, there's also an office situation. She, works in an open office environment, which is probably the worst idea ever invented for offices. They took all the cubicles away and they all sit at these tables that, are, that line and it's like 200 people. And in theory, you know, from a, from a business perspective, it makes sense. You're saving money, you're getting more people per a square inch. But my wife does a job where you have to think and you have to think a lot. You have to keep a lot of numbers in your head and you have to keep track of multiple things at one time. And she's sitting two tables away from a group of people that their job is to jibber jabber all day on the phone and talk to each other. And they don't have to think for their job. There's is communicating with each other and communicating on the phone. And there's just one lady that has one of those voices that just carries. That's just really loud. And we've bought my wife headphones uh, with sound canceling and have tried to help her to drown out the noise. And the voice is still so loud that it distracts her constantly. Now, she's been working from home for the last few months and has been able to accomplish a lot more and actually enjoys working from home uh, because of the working conditions that you know she has at, at the job. So these are the things that are drawing her toward this other place that possibly she would get an office, you know, possibly she'd be able to get away from the loud lady and possibly have a a job that's a little more, uh, challenging with a few more numbers in there, I guess. So, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know whether to tell you to cross your fingers for her or what, because she could also, you know get the job offered to her and then go back to her current job and say, okay, look, I'll stay, but I need some changes, you know? So I don't know. I'm a little afraid because the job she had before the one she has now was very demanding and it was very hard on her and it, it took her away from us. It really did. It, it was very demanding. And it was all because of, uh, things that you could never know until you took the job it was just the way it was. It was the, um, the, the environment, you know, of the job and interviewing there would never clue you in on all of those things. So, you know, she could, she could interview for this job and everything could seem like, you know, it's all wonderful and great and rosy and, and wonderful. And then she could take it and it could turn out to be a nightmare. And so I, I'm a little nervous because even though she says this job is a, a bit boring, um, there are times when it's not. And even though she has this horrible work environment, she's home at a decent hour every single day and she doesn't overwork and there's no travel involved. Uh, all of these things were a part of her, her job before this one. So I, you know, I'm concerned, but I'm, I, I know, I know we'll be able to do the right thing, you know, and uh, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I'll keep you updated. Um, the other thing is, is my kids have pulled away from me and I don't know why. Um, It, it just comes across they don't talk to me as much and i'm not as i'm definitely not funny anymore <laughs> i used to be hilarious man when they were kids i was the best now i'm annoying and embarrassing and i think it has more to do with them than me because i haven't changed you know uh but i i think it's a combination of their age and i think it's also this COVID thing. Um, uh, mom's been home and they have be, been able to rely on her during the day for things. Whereas when, you know, mom was gone every summer was me and them. And I was the one that would take them to six flags and all this kind of stuff. Well, now, you know, there's none of that. There's uh, six flags actually just opened and you have to, Reserve tickets and times and all this kind of stuff. But, but mom does things with us during the week and, you know, things like that. Uh, she's more involved. And so they rely on me less, I guess. So I, I try not to take it personally. And, and I also realize that a relationship does go both ways. And so um, I, I don't always have to wait around for them to connect with me. I can connect with them. And so, you know, Jenna always wants to drive everywhere. Uh, so, you know, that's something I've got where if I want to go somewhere, it's easy to get her to come tag along cause she wants to drive and I get time with her. And then, uh, with Jay, uh, you know, we have the podcast that we do together and, um, he gets bored during the day because we won't allow him to sit on the TV or the computer all day. So I don't know. Is it me? Is it them? Is it, is it circumstances? Is it all of these things? Probably? Yes. You know, it's probably all of it. But, uh, if you've experienced anything like that, I'd love to hear about it. What do you do with teenager parent or or teenager kids, 12 year old and a 15 year old. And, uh, you know, have you, have you experienced that at all? Um, but, but with, with, with both of them, I realized that there is a reality to the fact that they will, they will pull away and need me less. Um, and my, there's a small inner fear that's like, okay. And then when they're grown, though, they don't need me at all. Where does that leave me? but I've talked to my friend David and he says, when you have a good relationship with your kids, it lasts and it stays and that you're really never done parenting your kids because they'll call you and they'll want advice and they'll want input on things. And I think that's awesome. And that's something I'm looking forward to. But right now in this phase where dad's embarrassing and, um, And his jokes aren't funny anymore. Uh, I guess it's just a phase I have to go through. Um, So, yeah. Um, There is a big change coming, possibly, in my life. Uh, I can't tell you about it because it's that kind of thing. But um, I've been talking about purpose quite a bit on, on the podcast. And the lack of it in my life, and if this thing changes, then it could mean that I would have purpose again. So I could I can go as far as to say it's ministry related, and my involvement in in this ministry uh, would would be uh, more of a, a possibly a full time to to almost full time type of a situation. Um, it it wouldn't be paid, uh, but it would allow me to volunteer at a, at a place and I would be able to feel like I was a contributing member of society and, uh, that I was using my time wisely instead of squandering it. So anyway, uh, if you're a praying person, just pray for guidance, uh, because uh, the 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 people there. It's more than just me that's involved. There's a group of us, and we're all kind of praying for God's wisdom, because if it's a God idea, then it's going to be great. But it's one of those things where you don't know. There, it, it, sometimes in your life you get those decisions where it's a it's a clear no or a clear yes, and it, you don't even need to pray. You know, but this one's one of those where there are positives and negatives to both decisions and they probably all equal each other out. So if you made a list going one direction, there's, there's a lot of struggle, but there's a lot of good and, uh, saying no to this situation, uh, could have a lot of benefits, meaning, you know, you, you would miss out on the drama, uh, But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'll just stop there and just say, just pray for guidance and pray for us to hear God speak. uh, However, whatever that means, you know, give us a good idea of what to do. So uh, uh, podcast wise, uh, podcasts are going great. We saw numbers drop, uh, which was funny because all podcasters thought, hey, hey, you know, nobody's doing anything their home. So they're going to listen to more podcasts. And that's not what happened. It's me. It, nobody's going to work. And so the people that listen at work weren't listening and the people that were driving and having long commutes weren't driving. And so podcast listenership went down and we saw a drop of about six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, about 4,000 downloads a month. And so, uh, that has changed now that things are opening back up and we're seeing numbers go back up. So, you know, welcome back (laughs) because it even happened on this show. It wasn't, it wasn't thousands. I don't have thousands. I have hundreds on this show and my special 300 people that, that I, as I like to call you, um, but welcome back. Uh, those of you that, that weren't listening, (laughs) But uh, we are guest hosting. John and I, from that story show, are guest hosting on the Babylon Bee podcast this Friday. And I'm nervous. And uh, I've ne- it's probably the biggest podcast that I've ever guest hosted on. And I'm, well, definitely, definitely. Because they get about 16,000 downloads per episode after 30 days and we are between on the low end 6000 on the high end 10000 and i say low end when 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 nobody's working and high end when everybody's listening and and they're back in the saddle again uh so we're we're below them and we have a real chance of uh pulling in a lot of listeners if they like us so we're going to go on babylon b and my friend ethan nicole and he has a co-host and uh they just talk about stuff and so i'm excited we're going to tell a bunch of stories about churches and uh you know our interactions with them and kind of keep it topical like that so i went through the archives and pulled out a bunch of church stories and i've got a few church stories off you know from my life and stuff like that and john does too so we're going to see how it goes it's friday and i'm i'm nervous and and it's going to be it's going to be fun um Movies i gonna to talk to you about movies I've seen lately. I haven't really seen any new movies. There's no, no way to see the new movies. I have noticed that some of them are showing up in the, uh, you know, the Hulu's and the, and the prime and the Netflix, I, I guess they're buying off the movies that were supposed to be released. You know, even Disney plus put onward on, uh, on Disney plus, uh, rather than releasing it. Um, so I, I saw Hamilton, which uh, was, was good. Um, it, it wasn't great, but it was good. It had one song in it that I can remember and it had a ton of talent. Uh, I, I loved the whole hip hop slant to everything, but the music was not memorable to me other than the opening song. And, you know, you look at Les Mis and stuff like that, which is really the only other one I've watched. Uh, There's so many songs that just stick out in your mind. And, you know, Master of the House and uh, I Had a a Dream of Time Gone By or something like that. I I just, I can sing these songs. I'm not going to do it, (laughs) but I could. And, uh, you know, with Hamilton, there wasn't a lot of story to it. Um, it, it just, I don't know. So anyway, I watched Hamilton and, um, I've watched, I've rewatched, uh, Avengers, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Avengers, Affinity War, Infinity War and Endgame, um, recently. And I just, uh, at the end of the day, when everybody's getting ready to go to bed, I'll just pop one of them up and, uh, almost said pop one of them in like it was a VHS tape or something, but, uh, watch Thor captain America. And I'm in the middle of iron man, just going back to those original movies and watching them and seeing them in context. And it is nice to see that over the, the 10 year span or 11 year span of these movies, that there was so much that they already knew how the saga was going to go. And there's little hints that are dropped in and, and little parts. Uh, like in Avengers, it talks there's an argument between Captain America and Iron Man. And Captain America correctly identifies Stark as someone who wouldn't lay down on a wire for somebody else. And Stark agrees. He says, Yeah, I'd just cut the wire and you know, uh, Captain America's like, Oh, there's always a way out for you, you know. But then, you know, spoilers at the end of Endgame, Tony is exactly that has become exactly that kind of person to lay down on a wire, and, and does and sacrifices himself uh, for everybody, and uh, I love that. I love I love payoffs like that. So and it also helped me realize how important Age of Ultron is. It's it's easily probably the least favorite. Avengers movie, but it is so important. It fills in so much and, uh, it's, it's very necessary. So it it is, and it's been good watching movies, you know, having something to do. Uh, I've been playing a lot of video games. One of them has been oxygen, not included. I do not suggest this game because it is very, it's for smart people and (laughs) You have to be a certain kind of person to to be able to handle oxygen not included. It'll it'll drive you crazy. There's so much to do. It what it is, is it's it's a game where you control a colony of people. They call them duplicates, dupes for short. And you have to uh keep them alive. And You have to mine resources and, you know, so it's, it's kind of typical, like one of those dwarf games where you dig down in the earth and you find stuff and all that, but it's in space. And so there's, there's not necessarily any oxygen. You start with a certain amount, but the freaking dupes will breathe it up. And so you have to learn how to produce oxygen. And then there's other gases that get involved like hydrogen and, and, and CO2 and they all float at different values. And there's so much detail in this game. You have to have a certain amount of calories to feed them, to keep them alive. You have to have a certain amount of decor, uh, to keep them happy and to keep them from being stressed out. Um, they will freaking die on you. If, if you leave them in a, in a gasless vacuum chamber for too long, there's heat and, and cold that you have to be concerned with. Um, it is it is absolutely the most detail oriented game that I've ever played, and I tried really hard for about a month and a half to to really learn the game. And I did learn how to manage to keep a group of dupes alive. I I, I built a base in this game and managed to to be able to feed them because you have to provide bathrooms and, and hand-washing stations and you have to provide ventilation and plumbing and all of this stuff and I managed to learn how to do that and then when I realized that that was just the first part of the game and now you have to branch out and explore this crater that you're supposed to be in the middle of and then you have to build spaceships on top of that after after you learn how to adventure out and then you have to go out to these planets and, and mine resources on these different planets. And then finally you get to the end of the game. I was like, heck no, it's too much. I'm done. And I've kind of been just kind of messing around with, with other games and have left that one completely alone because uh, uh, I've been playing a, a fun game. Um, started with it on, on, uh, online. It's called shapes.io shapes with a Z S H A P E Z dot IO. It's a fun browser game where you get different circles and shapes and stuff, and you have to configure them using tools and, and creating little factories to get a certain end result. And so it's like a factory automation type game. And I didn't think it was my thing, but it really is. And I bought it on on Steam for like five bucks or something. And it just kept me entertained for hours. And to the point that I played all the way through, got all of the shapes created that they wanted. And then I started a new game and started all the way over again just to see how much better I'd be at it the second time through. So it was pretty good. It's pretty fun. Um I I think I'm going to wrap it up here. I had some I had some other things but I'll save it. I'll save it for the next uh episode cuz I want to talk to us about masks and uh what the big deal is with masks. Why why are people freaking out about wearing masks? And why why are they so passionate about it? And I also want to talk about Facebook a little bit. Cuz Facebook is a whole and, uh, I'd love to get your input. So if you want to email me, James at NLCast.com, tell me if you tell me what you think about Facebook and I'll read it on the show and what you think about masks. Are you for them? Are you against them? Do you think it's a, a Liberty issue? Do you not like the government? Do you not like authority over you? Uh, are you cool with it? Or do you, are you like me? Do you just kind of hate it, but you do it because you want to be considerate of others? Uh, let me know and I'll, uh, I'll respond and give some feedback next time on masks. And then also on Facebook. Cause I just, I'm, I'm, Facebook is falling out of favor with me quickly. There's so much politics and so much, uh, just you feel like the world is burning down when you get on Facebook anymore. It used to be a fun place where people would just show pictures of their vacation and their teenagers growing up and stuff like that. Now it's just, it's just God awful. So what do you think? What do you think about Facebook? Is it worth it? Is, is there a a way around it? I don't know. Email me, James dot com. I want to thank Carrie Wright and Carrie Bernhardt again. Uh, you can be a a patron yourself if you'd like to patreon.com slash GOK and support this show on a financial basis. It would be much appreciated until next time though. This has been James Kennison. Thank you for listening to all my crap and I'll see you on the next GOK. God bless.